Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal Bay. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report. Dom Knight, Charles Firth. And Gabby Bolt with Sean McAuliffe. Sean, welcome. Thank you. It's the first time I've been here. I'm so sorry that your career is now at a point where you've got to do podcasts. So I know, my I'm, my I'm deepest sympathies. Happy to do it. But I've done them before. I did. I've done at least oh, three. I reckon I've done three <laughs> podcasts. Oh my! Where, where is fourth podcast? Right? That's, yeah. that's incredibly exciting. Fourth time's a charm. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> the same. That's right. Now, actually, I, I was interested, Dom. We, you and I, have met many times. Yes. Uh, down in, uh, in probably on John Fain's show. John Fain's show. I, possibly the only time I've met before. But no. Look, that was a great. That was a couple of times actually we did the Fane show. That That's was right. a good show. We're old friends. Old friends. And Gabby and I have worked on. Uh, she was a writer for Mantis Hill. Yeah, we absolutely. Were, we, we met by email. We did. We? we met exclusively over email and one phone call. And uh, Charles, I met once in my life, and that was mm. twenty five years ago <laughs> when he fucking stole our logie. <laughs> mm. Oh what? We were up. Newspaper was up for a logie. Yes, you might remember this. Yes. and uh, we were removed from mm. the list uh, apparently because we'd. Uh, Somebody in our cast had decided to do a, a television show on Channel Ten called Talking About Your Generation. They said so they pulled oh. it. They pulled it, leaving only Firth's uh, special American yeah, uh, yeah. documentary. Mr. So Firth oh. goes to Washington. So he won. Yes. So he won the he won our Logie. No, 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 hang on. He didn't you? win the Logie. No, he just got it. He just by took default. it. Yeah, I just got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a Logie? <laughs> we got several. Yeah, the Logies. Chaser won two yeah. Logies. Yeah. Charles. Mr. Fred won to Washington. Was lucky to be there. Well, you know, the it room. wasn't really winning a Logie. It was more sort of not not winning a Logie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, didn't, he didn't lose. Yeah. <laughs> he, hadn't, <laughs> he hadn't committed some crime yeah. for yeah, SBS. Yeah. Um, anyway, now, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Well you. done. It was yeah. nice. Uh, Actually, uh, we, we did meet uh, several years later at the Wayside Chapel. Oh, um, yes, we did too. Yes. Uh, and we were praying I, together. I, yeah, we were <laughs> sure. praying together. Yeah, I believe that. I remember you at the time uh, were talking very enthusiastically about this new show that you're about to put to air. Um, which, which one? It was it was called the former PM or something. The like, XPM. Oh, the yeah. XPM. The That's XPM. a better, better name, yeah. the former PM. And I, w- I, I didn't quite realise that you'd already sort of – Done us like oh I, no! Is this one of the so things you, where you I, gave him advice? I thought you were oh, riffing. No. I thought you were riffing an idea, and I was going, "That's a terrible idea." And then you were going, and you were really, you, you were very polite, but you could, I could see that you were very irritated <laughs> because then, because then, as it in, turned out, you were right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest here. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, and yeah. we did. You know, in the in the way of the ABC, we had of sheer bloody mindedness. They give us a second season, <laughs> and I had the conversation with you. I'm sure your advice would have been the same. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I did see though, Sean, that the final ever Mad as Hell, you began by teasing the idea of entering politics. So I, I like the notion that mm. your next step yes. is going to be actually becoming an XPM. Is that yes? Is that I, on the agenda at this point. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I think, th- I think that sort of that sort of level of irony appeals to me. That sort mm. of postmodern approach. I would like to end my career. Uh, I feel it's coming soon. Uh, to tie it up in a little postmodern bow like that, it'd be lovely. Would you do the whole Zelensky thing and 
attack a, a foreign nation and and take them to war. Just <laughs> mm. sort of an interesting read on history. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got some Russians on the team, and, okay. and, and oh, they okay. keep me informed about how it all works. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, oh, Alexa. Well, right. pro Russians at mm. least. You know. mm. uh, well, no. The, the the thing that Zelensky didn't have that I have hanging over my head is, of course, mm. I. I played a character called Milo Kerrigan in Full Frontal. Now, I think if Zelensky had actually done that, if Vladimir had done that, he wouldn't be president today. Yeah. So I suspect that if I was to ever enter into the orbit of politics... There'd be lots of attack ads. I reckon all they yes. need to do is just play a few YouTube clips. Yeah. Yeah, it's me nice. done. Bring out the archive. Now, uh, your new book is Tripping Over Myself, your autobiography. The, the first uh, sentence is... I'm not sure this book is such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so that's What's the hard the read sell. At this point? Yeah, that's <laughs> the hard sell. I'm not even convinced it is now, even though it's printed <laughs> yeah. and, and Charles is looking through it. Yeah. You know, we, we received a copy yesterday afternoon. Oh, good. Um, well, that's, that prevents you from reading it. So I've yeah. read the first 50 pages or oh, so. All right. You're not only not yet working on TV, you're not only... Uh, you're not at uni at that point. Is there a pacing issue in the book, Sean, do you think? <laughs> There's uh, 400 pages. I know it's a, it breaks into a bit of a sweat around about page 110. I think I, I certainly jump over my legal career, if that's any consolation. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to sit through 10 years of me uh, being a solicitor running files for the State Government Insurance Commission. Fascinating though that might be, I have left that out. Uh, <laughs> most people do three volumes. I mean, Stephen yes, Fry, Stephen yes. Fry I think, has done three so far. Mm. Kevin Rudd's done four. Yeah. Jesus had two. I mean, well, you know, two wow. big you know, well, actually, there's lots of books, but yeah. you know, like I'm thinking Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah, well, you know. yeah, it depends where you where you look well, at it. From. The, yeah. the Mormons, yeah, the Mormon. Uh, book. Yeah. You have a third book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the unadulterated <laughs> sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, like, yeah, so I left. I did leave a bit out, so it does It does get a bit of a clip on mm. uh, if you can get over the first 50 pages. I'm really disappointed you don't have an index. No, well, you know why? Oh, why? Well, the, way, the reason, very reason you would have picked up the book, Charles, <laughs> would mm. be to see whether you were mentioned in there. <laughs> And, well, and not and not finding no, your name, you wouldn't have purchased it. No, people, people like you, I'm talking about, not you specifically. It, it was because, oh. uh, like, I only was given half an hour to read the entire <laughs> book, and I wanted to see. But but flipping through it, yes, basically, you seem to have met every single famous person in Australia. It like well, literally, yeah. this I, is just I, the biggest name dropping. Exercise. It's an autobiography. What you, what, I understood that was what you were supposed and I mean, to do. Oh, when I was working with Andrew Denton. Oh, when I but was also working with Andrew Denton. I mean, you could, yeah. you could say that. You could say that's nothing. That's it's not, not a big claim these days after, yeah. yes. I got lots of uh, lots of far more impressive people. Than Gary Denton, Sweet. Gary Sweet's in there. Yeah. Eric uh, Clapton. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he and I share. See, we, we, if you go to, go to Adelaide, if you go to Adelaide, do one of your shows, you know, mm. and you're in the festival centre and you walk along the precinct, around the precincts mm. of the festival centre, you will see uh, stars of fame. And uh, I, I, looking out over the River Torrens, you'll see Eric Clapton's star... Gary Sweetstar, and betwixt them is mine. Oh wow! Isn't that interesting? That's yeah. like Destiny's Child. I love it. Yeah, and I'm sure Eric, I'm band. sure Eric and Gary, and to a lesser extent Gary, are impressed <laughs> when they walk around. One of the one of the best known people ever to permanently abandon Adelaide is that. Is that the yes, <laughs> I think no. I I had done a show in the in the pre, in the precinct in one of the theatres. Oh, okay. And that's, that's <laughs> the justification that's for the, getting it. Yeah. The qualification. Yeah, thing. I mean Eric, Eric and Gary, I'm sure did did mm. far more work and stellar work than I did. But I appeared in a charity performance of Relative Values by um, Noel Coward. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Oh wow. Mm. Uh, and uh, I played uh, Peter Ingleton, uh, the insouciant. Uh, 
It's got an old coward character. I think I did a good job, and we raised about uh, $15,000 for uh, some charity. Nice. Yeah, and on the basis of that, I was rewarded with a star. That's great. And then could I just add one more star question, yes. which is you've got a photo of you with Barry Humphreys. Yeah, and it's a ruin, though, isn't it? It's ruined, that picture. Yeah, because uh, it's... Um, got What's his name in the yeah. middle? Oh, see, we can't even think of who it is, yeah. can who, we? What's his name? Are you reading the name? down here? No, I don't. No, Jamie no, Jury. The, the levels Jamie of preparation yeah, 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 in yeah, this yeah, yeah. interview are, are <laughs> yeah. just staggering. But do you, like, is there stories about, like, I haven't read the book, obviously. But <laughs> no, I Fucking uh, hell. <laughs> well, how, when did you meet Barry Humphreys? Well, it's, uh, well uh, yes, I do tell the story beautifully in the book. Let me give you a truncated... <laughs> Boring version of it, yes, <laughs> rendering of it. Uh, no, he was on. He was the first guest on my uh, short-lived but brilliant Tonight Show. Uh, yeah, on Channel Nine. On Channel Nine, yes. called McAuliffe Tonight. Uh, oh, I yes. don't know whether you saw that, Gabby. You'd be too young, probably to. Oh, to have we seen we it. all watched it. That in, was the, the greatest TV yeah, show in television it. history. Yeah. <laughs> well, Barry was the first guest. I think that was the main reason I did the show. Was I thought well, I get to talk to Barry? <laughs> Barry Never met him. I quite like him. Yes. Uh, so rather than sort of send him a fan letter or bump into him mm. and get his autograph or something, I thought I'd do it Tonight Show. Whole show. Pretend he's a guest. Anyway, so I'm fascinated. I'm great Barry's going to be on the show. So there's Barry on the show. And uh, I've never interviewed anybody in my life, by the way. At this <laughs> point, I should give you a little bit of background, uh, which the Channel 9 people I don't think were aware of. I think they watched, they kind of watched McAuliffe tonight through, uh, you know, uh, in the next room and thought, oh, look, he's interviewing somebody, not realising, of course, it's all scripted. It scripted yeah. Yeah. So I'm talking to Barry and, Barry and ask Barry a question. Barry's answering. I think, oh, great, Barry's, answering. Barry's talking to me on camera. This is fantastic. And I kind of drifted off slightly because I was thinking, oh, what do we have to do after the next break? We're doing a gag. Yeah, we have to do it. And I realised I just wasn't listening to him and his voice was coming to that sort of ca- that oh. cadence where he's asked me a question oh. and I can hear his voice go up and it stops. And I look right at him and I thought, I have no idea what you're saying. This is live television. Gabby, this is going out live. So so I just went, <laughs> no, but let me ask you this. And then went on to another topic that I hoped had not been covered in whatever he'd been saying for the previous two minutes. Uh, I, 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 I think history shows that I didn't get away with it. Did he, did he like, call you out afterwards? No, well, no, he said, he, you know, he actually said, not to me, but to others, he said, he said he really enjoyed doing the show, but that it wouldn't last. Oh, <laughs> he said Ouch. He, he said it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't last. Not because it wasn't any wasn't any good in his mind. He just thought it was a bit too weird. That's scathing, to though. To be like, oh, oh. I, I loved being there. Yeah. <laughs> it won't last. No, though, really. Well, he was quite right. He was quite right. I, I do remember though the excellent ploy of the very first. Gag being running through the highlights of the show <laughs> so far. Yes, we did. We was, were inspired a little bit by Daryl Summers, who would often uh, have these sort of backpedding yeah, sequences yeah. in his shows. Yeah, so we had it uh, fourteen seconds in. I think it was the very first observation <laughs> made in the opening yeah, monologue. Well, the other, the only decent gag in that first one that actually we pulled off quite nicely. We had Danny Minogue on. That oh wasn't, my god, amazing! That, that wasn't the joke. Oh, I thought that was the gag. No, no, that wasn't the gag. Right. Uh, so she's singing, uh, "Put it, the needle on it." I, th- I think, I think that was. The <laughs> oh song. yeah, that hit, which yeah. was which was less memorable than the than uh, McAuliffe tonight. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so yeah, we did. Uh, we gave her a great bump for her career for selling that album. <laughs> but uh, in the cutaway during the song. They cut away to me watching Andrew Denton doing enough rope on the ABC, which was concurrently oh, that's right. running parallel to our show. That's so funny. Uh, and as it turns out, uh, most of the audience watching our show thought, oh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So within about three or four weeks, uh, Andrew was kind of top of the heap. Oh, my God. What? Wait, what? Like, what? Channel was that on again? Channel 9? Well, we were on Channel 9 and Andrew was on the ABC. I can't believe Channel 9 even allowed, like... You doing that? Or I'm, you just I'm did I'm it? I'm thinking that you I'm got the you. show because my recollection is that you had several years of 
being the, the funniest thing at the Logies by quite a long way, which is a compliment to you and an accurate reflection of the rest of the Logies. <laughs> it's a sad and And dive, so they yeah. went, this is actually, we should actually hire this guy because you were the only thing funny on Channel 9 that night. Well, I, I was, right? I, yeah, I don't mm. know specifically what the mindset was inside the boardroom that thought, yes, this is uh, this is the next Graham Kennedy. <laughs> uh, but I, I do remember we'd done we'd done McAuliffe, we'd done the McAuliffe program on the ABC that had done reasonably well for mm. an ABC program, and I mm. think that was right. that was quite good. I was also in Sea Change. I don't know if you remember, but I was actually yeah. an actor for a while. My mum loved Sea Change. Well, she I wouldn't like the third season. Oh, <laughs> it was me in it. Oh. I was see, so you know Laura, played by Secret of Thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was going out with David Wenham in series one. She was yes. going out with William McGuinness in series twists two, and turns, uh, and Sean McAuliffe in series three. Oh, congratulations! The, the final season. Yeah, third time's a charm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was kind. That was the most popular program in the country mm. at that point. So That's I it. think I was riding on the crest of a yes. number of different waves. Yes. Uh, and they thought that was a good idea. And oh, look, you know. I hosted the Logies the year before mm. from memory, I think. Yes. 2001, I think. Yeah. Because when we first got to go to it, we, we'd seen Denton doing it before. We saw you doing it. Somehow we had in our head the notion that the Logies could be done funnily, mm. which was ne- never to be done again. But for a brief period there, <laughs> yes, for it was actually quite. That was our first Logies in 2001. Yeah, that's right. I remember you guys coming up to me and saying hello. Because I really liked, I liked the first uh, incarnation and the subsequent incarnations <laughs> of Chaser. Uh, oh, was look. it C quadruple N? I think was it. Was that what it was? Uh, well, I think I think it was Election Chaser. Yeah, two thousand one. Maybe yeah. it was Election Chaser. But I remember contacting your uh, executive producer, who was Mark Fennessy at the time, and just mm. singing your praises, just saying what a wonderful, wonderful show it was. And then we're up against each other. I think that year yes, for a Logie. Yes, <laughs> uh, that's right. And uh, you know, I knew people, so I got it. Yes, and then that's uh, right. then four years later, Firth. Yeah. <laughs> knocked, knocked you off. Yeah. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. Can I just ask, I have spent most of my day knowing that you were coming in, uh, my my one anecdote about how funny you are (laughs) relates to... I think it must have been the third season of the McAuliffe program. You called it the McAuliffe uh, pogrom? Yes. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And uh, I just thought the funniest thing, and I still think the funniest thing ever in the history of television is that the, and correct me if I'm wrong because maybe I've misremembered and this is not true, but your set was a large photo of yourself, of you mid-blink. Yes. Is that right? I think so. I don't know whether that was the third season, but certainly for for one of the seasons, it may well have been the third. It was it was a bad picture done in a passport photo booth. <laughs> yes, 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 and and it's brilliant. But you cannot find it on the web. Like there is not a single image of that. You should put it. You should have included it in your book or something. I should because it's so funny. Well, how do you know? You haven't read it. it might be in there. Might <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is an Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, that is a, that's a good point. But not everything you do needs to be on the internet. Let me just give you that advice. Well, I think that's given that other people have uploaded all of the Chaser stuff. 
from the early days. Mm. And we're just basically, if anyone ever watches that stuff, our careers such as they are these days, <laughs> will be completely over. It <laughs> is. But I think I think that's a healthy thing. I think the I think mm. the internet is a very democratic place, and especially YouTube, you know. And people will curate what they wish. You know, they'll mm. say, "Well, I think this has value," and you might not think it has value at all. But that doesn't matter because they think it does have value. Mm. So you'll be remembered how they want to remember you. You don't have any say in it at all. Yes. Okay. Yeah, unless unless you want to do an autobiography in, in the vain <laughs> which the case, vain yeah. hope you could change people's minds. And yeah, hearts. you'll be remembered as that wanker who wrote an autobiography. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, I did like beginning it with the affectation of you know being quite self conscious about the notion of setting it all down, and but then a couple of pages in, you, you you're very happy to just tell the story. Well, very I'm unselfconsciously. A, I'm a comedy nerd. I mean, I, I, it's the yes. sort of book that I would have loved to have read when I was 16 or 17 years old because I I was just so drawn to comedy. And I was fascinated by the mechanics of it, and I had a—I think I had an instinct for kind of how it worked. And I love marrying those two things together. And I love other people's stories about how they, you know, come to comedy. And and I would read those happily. And I figure this hopefully is like that. It's just—it's just my version of how I managed to manage to kind of get on into television quite late in the game because I, mm, I was about mm. thirty when I decided that I would chuck in the law and become a. a comedy writer I wasn't even going to be a performer I figured that boat had sailed you know so I, w- I wonder what you know it would have been fun like you guys you know you Gabby you've been doing it since you were a teenager probably comedy and no I've only been doing it for about two years two years but you'd be in your 20s okay yeah so I'm 26 you're doing it in your 20s and, yeah. and Charles and Dom you, you would have yeah done we it, started done it in your 20s as well before, I uh, before we finished uni in my case yeah 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 but, yeah. but to know what you wanted to do at that early age yeah I, fi- I find is a commendable, you know. Yeah, uh, it must have been very brave though to take the leap, having built yes. up a career. Or did you just get to the point where you simply couldn't couldn't hack it anymore? I was watching in? the Late Show. I remember I was watching. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a couple of couple of episodes before the final one, and I had never watched. I used to be very kind of weirdly jealous of watching other people's comedy when <laughs> they were about the same age as me. Mm. Like in the case yeah. of the no, late, that's that's fair. Yeah, you see, sort of like DJ were maybe a couple of years younger, and I was going, well, I can't watch them because they, you know they're. They're known to be funny, and uh, <laughs> what if they really are funny? And I, I could, mm. I could and like it. I'd go down to the Piccadilly Cinemas in uh, in uh, in Adelaide to see something, and there'd be a big, huge picture of Steve Vizard up, yeah. up there because he had to, he had his Tonight Show, and mm. he's a couple of years older than me. Mm. And I'm, again, I couldn't watch his show either, so I was watching <laughs> Late Show with someone. Admittedly, he wasn't known to be funny though. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> as it turns out, <laughs> I, as it as it turned out, I think uh, I think I shouldn't have been that worried. Although his show was far more successful. And probably better and funnier well, than he, the one I tried. Well, the genius of him was getting other people to host it all the time. I think that's if you'd done yeah. that with McAuliffe tonight. If you'd from done the, the, yes. first, the first show, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, hadn't even done the first one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's other, well, you had Barry Humphreys right there. You could have <laughs> walked off the set. I well, I should have, but it would have been a much better interview. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask, how did you then get into Full Frontal? Like, like because that's a very quick transition from decide watching the Late Show to. To be Suddenly turning up on TV to to writing for its uh, distant and slightly backward cousin. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, fortunately, uh, a fellow I'd been to uni with, Gary McCaffrey, who's a oh, very yeah, very yes. well known British comedy writer. Yes. He's really good. He was writing. He happened to be writing for Fast Forward. So I rang him up and said, "Can you get me a job?" And he said, "Sure, Insane. that's fine." Yeah. So I was uh, I was working in those days. You would get um, this is for Full Frontal. You would get minutes to air. Uh, you would be paid for minutes to air, and they would mm. guarantee. Oh, they'd say they guarantee. They'd say, "All right, thirty seconds a mm. show. We'll guarantee you thirty yeah. seconds to air." Yeah. So I get paid one hundred and twenty bucks a week for writing for Full Frontal, whether I got anything on or not. Yes. And if I got more than more than that on, then I would get paid more. If 
I got less than that, wouldn't matter, still be 120 bucks. I mean, I'm a bit surprised, Sean, the book is so long, given that the story is, yeah, I rang up a mate and got a job. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, no, I, but after that, after that, I've made many errors. That's why it's called Tripping Over Myself. I've made so many bad shows. I think those are the interesting stories. Those are the well, things I've learned the most from. Well, this is the thing I'm keen to read in the rest of the book is the amount of time devoted to the many successes versus the ones that didn't go quite so well. Because, well, yeah, what else, I think, what I think the ones bad? that didn't go quite so well, they're the most interesting stories. They are. I agree. And there's more, there's more misses than but, hits in the, in the book. But that's true of career. almost everyone who's had a long career in TV. I mean, we, we kind of had one idea flogged it as long as we could and then that was it. <laughs> Whereas you came up with – you've done, you know, narrative stuff, you've yes. done satire, topical stuff. Um, all these, all different kinds of shows. Well, the secret to my success, Dom, is that <laughs> I've never done anything badly enough to not be forgiven. <laughs> mm. And I th- nor have I done anything good enough to only be remembered by that one great thing. <laughs> so I've had a middling career where I've I've been. It's hard. It's hard to sort of pin me down a little bit. Sometimes I do a documentary. Sometimes I do it. Yeah. And I am attracted to doing things that I've never done before. Though, in fact, those are the things that I mean: panel shows, quiz shows, that kind of. It's, it's yeah. all part of the tapestry. We only had one idea. Mm. Yeah, I th- I, very well, foolish. I think we've all got we've all got a skill set uh, mm. that's on. Let's assume it's an A4 piece of paper. <laughs> Our ability to fold it in as many different interesting <laughs> shapes as possible, I think, is probably the skill that you need to um, to survive in the Australian television industry, and the ability to make your own work, which is what yeah. you know what all comedians should be doing is make your own work because no one is going to ask you to do anything. So, what's the <laughs> worst project you've ever done? Um, the worst one, well, probably radio. I, th- I did radio, uh, breakfast radio, and I wasn't very Brutal. good at it. I wasn't. I, I thought I had to write everything. I wasn't relaxed. I couldn't tell oh. stories about my life. I, and I, f- I kind of, I wasn't. You know what? I thought it was beneath me, and the truth was, it was beyond me. I just, mm. I wasn't mm. able to take advantage of that opportunity. Was this Vega? Yes, it when was that Vega. Because yeah. I mean, that we've had a bit of a commercial radio experience as well, and. The strange thing is they hire you for one particular skill set and they love hiring kind of wordy ABC comedian types, mm. but then try to make them the exact opposite of that. I mean, we had someone who were three minutes into any talk break, which just started basically aggressively threatening to punch us unless we can't <laughs> do a point and they could play, uh, you know, Nickelback or something mm. like that. Well, we started off, the promise was we were told, okay, it's Radio National with music. Mm. I thought, oh, that sounds yeah, nice. That, that is. That sounds good. good. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. Mm. So for about, we did that for about, uh, you know, they had a test signal on and that mm. was, yeah, it was rating quite well. We came in, dropped off a little bit, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> and within a month, within a month, they'd gone. I think they should have gone back to the test signal <laughs> idea. But anyway, within a month, they said, "All right, forget about Radio National with music. Let's go for let's go sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties." <laughs> this is in 2005, by the way. So I, I'm, I'm there. What, what's that? What about the 2000s? So I'm not. And I was told this in a, with, a, with a straight, straight face, face by the by the chief programmer, saying, "Oh, there's not been too many good pieces of music made during the it's 2000s. <laughs> Apparently, those 15 years were were a complete write-off. So there was no point playing any CDs from that period. So then we were expected to do personal stories, and I'm not very good at that. I'm not a stand-up comedian. I'm not like Denise Scott, who's very good at that sort of thing. So she was able to fold in a lot of her um, her material uh, just as general conversation, whereas I would I would take a digi recorder home and <laughs> go for a walk on the beach and pretend to interview an old fisherman doing both voices. You know, that was the sort of crap I was I was handing up, and so they didn't want that, and it was uh, unpleasant. And then I went off and did Newstopia, which was uh, oh, which was brilliant. Ten past ten yes. on a Wednesday, 
Perfect. Uh, nearly won a Logie, but uh, for, I, I don't want to go into that story again. Fair so. enough. Yeah. <laughs> sad, no, it is, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is amazing, though. Mad as hell has just gone for so long, 15 seasons um, long, going back to well, the start of this government. Is, is it uh, not a coincidence that it comes to a finish <laughs> as we have a Labor government? It's a bit too neat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think we would have been fine. I think if the, if the appetite had been there... And it was just as ravenous as it was when we started. Because we st- when we started, we had a, certainly had a Labor government. And yeah. We were, we and were f- look, there was plenty to deal with with the Rudd-Gillard uh, Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, mm. I, and I suspect, you know, the great thing about a Labor government is that they will eventually uh, fall short of your expectations. Oh, g- <laughs> oh, yeah, By yeah. the time you would have been doing another show next year, guaranteed, there would mm. be plenty to work with. Yeah, and we were growing some characters. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the shock was that we had nine years of quite interesting characters from the LNP, mm. uh, which we had to put aside. So, um, But that wasn't the reason we stopped. The reason we stopped was I just felt that 10 years was enough. It's, uh, it's a ridiculously long. I mean, that's the, that's the lifespan of five other shows. Yeah, and when we started, I remember Mark was doing Mark Humphreys was doing the roast, mm. Mm. Uh, yes. which, yeah, which, which Charles right, started. Right, yeah, started. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I always felt that that I remember talking to Sophie Zachariah, who I think might have been producing yes, it. Yeah, she was there. Yeah. And I said, I said these two, these were two, you know, like in the way that John Stewart's show and uh, Stephen Colbert's show used to follow each other. I thought this would make a really interesting hour. Yes, yes. Um, I agree. I, well, I, and I did. Suge- and I, I did, did suggest that. I thought. I thought. Well, I don't care who follows who. But mm. on fr- on Fridays would be really nice. You were doing. You were doing nightly. We were doing pieces five minutes each. Five. No, minutes, we were ten doing minutes? fifteen minutes okay. a night, and they allowed us during the election. I think to go after you. I think it was. Or no, no, maybe it was before you, and it boosted your ratings as well. Like the they gave us the main channel slot, mm. like one night a week. Uh, it must have been Wednesdays. So you should really um, be saying thank you for the right <laughs> and 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 your your instinct is exactly right, which is we we sort of both benefited from being in the same space. Yeah, yeah. It was the same sort of audience. And we both, whether it was you or whether, I can't remember mm. which one was on at eight, but we were following, uh, well, it might yeah. have been Friday or Wednesday. But if it was Wednesday, we were, f- we were immediately coming out at 7.30, which was a much better place for a show like that to yes, be. Yes, that's right. Rather yeah. than maybe after... As good as Tom's uh, hard quiz is, mm. it might be might be better actually follow you know the news mm. and seven thirty and then suddenly you got a nice comic spin on all the material. You don't have to spend time setting it up mm. anyway. For that reason, and I said we we could also play with each other in that sort of mm. gap between the you know mm. when one show finishes and one show starts. Anyway, that didn't happen um, unfortunately because I think there was a lot of really good writing talent. Mm. Oh yeah, well that. the the people who came out of that show were just. Fantastic, like, yeah. well, including Mark. Yeah, know, so. yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's still on, isn't he? He's still on TV. I, I think you're speaking to him. In fact, next uh, next Wednesday. Now I'm being told that you do have to go. Okay, goodbye. On ABC Radio <laughs> uh, without music um, coming up. So. Thank you for coming. Uh, we can chat to you again if you like. Once we've read the book, if we might have some more <laughs> informed no, questions. I'm done. It's expensive review. Uh, if you want to see Sean, he's in Perth tonight, uh, Brisbane the 11th of October, Sydney with Mark Humphreys on the 12th. Uh, Canberra on the 13th, 5th of November, which is Saturday in Melbourne, Tuesday at the 8th of November in Hobart, and the 9th in Launceston. Did, for you, the did you do that from memory? No, I've got, a, I've got it in front of me. Oh, all right. Sorry. You know, I, I, I'm interested. but <laughs> they're, that, they're not that good, Sean. No, not that good. It's the tripping <laughs> over myself. Tour, if you want to go and see him, being interviewed by lots of, frankly, better interviewers than we've shown ourselves <laughs> to be during the course of this conversation. And the book is uh, out now, Tripping Over Myself. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. What a pleasure it is. Hmm. It's lovely. Uh, yes, and... Uh, I'm sorry we can't keep going, but yeah, you've got to go and do other stuff. I've got to go and talk to Richard. I don't know what I'm going to talk to him about.
He would have read the book. Though. He would have read the book. <laughs> yeah. He has. I've Just seen it on his desk. Just he's a fisherman. <laughs> I saw it on his desk. Our gears from Road with part of the ACAST Creator Network. Catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.